Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hey, I heard you needed inspiration. He's a lot of end friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day. Every little thing's gonna be a-okay. known fact about my guests today. They are part of Freestyle Love Supreme, an improvisational hip-hop comedy musical started by Anthony Viniziali and Lin-Manuel Miranda and directed by Tommy Kale. It all began in 2004 and now all these years later it is back on Broadway starring Anthony Anissa Folds who is on this podcast today and a host of other extraordinary hip-hop improvisational artists. Welcome Anissa and Anthony to the podcast. Hey everybody, my guests today are Anthony Veneziale and Anissa Folds. Anthony is the conceiver and co-creator of Freestyle Love Supreme and the MLS Academy. Exactly. Guys, that is not my Zoom audio. That is the vocal stylings of Anissa Folds and Anthony live and in person. Anissa made her Broadway debut in Freestyle Love Supreme in 2019. There are so many things both of these people have done, and that's what Google is for. But I do want to say one thing. Um, Anissa, if you haven't heard her sing, and if I don't get her to do that today, I just need you to understand that not only is she a brilliant rapper, improviser, she also sings like, I don't know, very few people on the planet can sing. And Anthony may also be able to sing like that. And maybe we'll find out today... Hmm. Or will we? All right, guys. So Freestyle Love Supreme is coming back to Broadway. Yes. Um, And all we need for that to happen is everyone to wear a mask, everyone who can to get vaccinated, everyone in this cast and all the creatives backstage in front of house, everyone stay healthy because this show needs to be seen by all the people who haven't yet had a chance to see it, myself included. Um, But there's something about um, the joy of a Hulu special slash documentary um, (laughs) that allowed during this pandemic, the incredible work that you guys have done 
for 15 years for some and maybe a couple of years for others on this podcast today <laughs> um, that allowed a lot of us to feel like we were part of this thing, even if we don't live in New York and haven't gotten to see this incredible work in person. So um, age before beauty in this particular moment, Anthony, ah. uh, since you are sort of the founder of this thing, I just want to start by saying like how incredible that there was someone following you around with a camera <laughs> in the early days of, of this creation that has mm -hmm. become a worldwide phenomena. Um, but, but for those who haven't seen the documentary, can you tell me a little bit about the origin story of you and rap and improv and Wesleyan and Lynn and Tommy and like like there's this family that grew and I'm gonna water the flower that is you in hopes that you bloom and tell us lots of stuff. Yes. Um, well, thank you for all of the deliciously kind words that you have uh, nourished us with already in this moment. The soil is verdant. Um, we we I I am feeling uh, very bloomy. Um, I guess if we go uh, back to why hip hop and, and where that comes from, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a kid who was raised in the, in the nineties. And so that is like the golden era of, of hip hop. A lot of people think, um, but anyone who's alive during the time that they're alive and learning and discovering music thinks that's when the best hip hop was around, which is amazing. And it's, it's a testament to what hip hop is, which is it's mostly a, um, a, a style of music that belongs to those who make it. Um, and and it's, it's such an incredible tool uh, to be able to have voices that it may have been non-centered and them to take center stage and to really use this skill set of incredible flow to say, this is the world around me. This is what I see. This is what I would maybe like to change. This is what has changed me. Um, that is incredibly powerful. And as a kid, I heard that and it immediately sparked all of my creative juices. You know, I, I remember listening to the radio and hearing LL Cool J's uh, Around the Way Girl come on. And you got me shaka, 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 all about uh, so I need a girl with extensions in her hair, bamboo earrings, at least two pair. You know, I was like, what? Uh, a Fendi bag and a bad attitude. That's all I need to put me in a good mood. I love Cool just... J went to my church, by the way. Oh, just my a gosh. Plug. Ladies a do kid. love Cool James. <laughs> do we? Hey, um, so so that kind of music and and the the unpacking that one needed to do. Like, I'm a white kid who was living in Philly and outside of Philly. Um, and the, the feeling like I needed to belong somehow is powerful and all youth, all kids, I think everyone goes through this, right. Of feeling disenfranchised and hip hop is the music of, of galvanizing oneself and saying, I'm here and I matter. And this is, this is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's also something just incredibly beautiful about the math of it all for me. So the way that the rhymes work and why rhymes work was very, very soothing to my young brain. And at a very early age, I started listening to entire hip hop albums to put me to sleep um, because it was predictive, because I could I could memorize the songs. And then much like a game of Tetris, I would know where that puzzle piece was coming and how to put it in the right place. So it had a bit of a mathematical equation for me. And I wore a lot of 
um, preferred pathways into my brain and synaptic connections that start to say, this is a language that is really something I like to swim in. Uh, and so from a very early age, I probably knew about like a hundred rap albums front to back, right? So it was like, you start this album and dum, 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 low end theory by tripod quest, every word of every song on that album, three feet high and rising every word of every song on that album. Um, and the list goes on. Right. And, and those were just ways that I kind of was able to put my mind to rest at night, uh, because I was precocious and very, um, I worried about the world, right? Like from a young age, what, where is this all going? Uh, we're, we're, we're creating a, a planet that won't host humans anymore. Um, and those are big concerns, uh, that, that a young mind like mine was grappling with at a young age. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, so, so hip hop was a salve, you know, it was a place, a bastion for me to kind of, uh, rest some of that, that anxiousness and, and find who I was and what I was so attracted to about that was that definition, um, and, and the bass, oh my God, the bass, right. Oof, it just moves you and, and, uh, and, and dancing. I love dancing. Um, so, so those preferred pathways sort of sunk into my brain. And when I was at college, I was playing for the soccer team at Wesleyan and I was cut from the team. My sophomore year I was devastated because I was a soccer Aww. player. Everyone in my family is soccer players. It's like a big identity in my family and in my culture, I'm, I'm Italian American. So I was like, I've let the whole country down. Um, and two days later, I auditioned for the improv troupe at Wesleyan called gag reflex and that changed the game for me because I was in a non-hierarchical, non-seniority led type of uh, group. And it didn't matter if I was a senior or a sophomore, my ideas were valid. It didn't matter if I was the oldest or the youngest, my ideals were valid. Uh, and I grew up in an Italian family where it was seniority ruled. And so my voice was, the only way I got attention was by doing everything incredibly well. Um, and here it was just like, be who you are and we can't wait to see you develop as a human. And that is the imprint of everything I've made since then, which is the wisdom of the room is far greater than any one person. And we have so much more to learn from listening to each other than we, and I hate talking this much. <laughs> I apologize to you. <laughs> I've been going for like five minutes straight. Um, but that led to, to some, some playing games at improv. And one of those games was a song game. And in that game, almost always, because it was the mid and late nineties was rap was suggested from the audience. Um, and it was something, like I said, I created a bunch of pathways in my brain that I could easily access. Uh, and so I would do a rap in a lot of the, of the songs uh, of, of the game. Sorry. And then I moved to New York, I started a production company with someone named Thomas Kale. Who? What's up? <laughs> um, hey, what's going on T-neck? Uh, by the way, don't think I didn't listen to that, that, that episode where you and Tommy just totally nerd out about T-neck, which is really great, by the way. And hair products. And I hair think products. the greatest takeaway of that episode, which of course is a largely listened to episode, is how Tommy Kale keeps his curls. Those curls, I mean, yes. come on. And, and then Lynn messaged me when I first met Mr. Kale, he was using shaving cream to style his hair, period. Shaving cream, exclamation, exclamation, exclamation oh, okay. point. Uh, believe me, many people are now gonna try that um, because maybe it works and maybe he was right. However, 
that was a little known fact we didn't know before. Um, by the way, Anthony, you can never talk too much ever. There's nothing that comes out of your mouth that isn't inspiring or interesting um, or something we all want to replicate in our lives. And I think so much about that that um, Malcolm Gladwell thing of like 10,000 hours and how you had your 10,000 hours of, of relationship to rap music. Hmm. And then you had this moment of, of meeting an improv group and only had you had that many hours with the one thing, could you kind of flourish in this new thing? I do want to know though, because it seems so outside your comfort zone, which is really how you lead in life from what I've learned at the altar of Sir Anthony. Um, <laughs> why did you even join an improv group at that moment? Who was like, hey, I'm doing this improv group. I heard you just got cut from the soccer team and you're devastated. <laughs> uh, yeah, my dear friend Sadia Shepard, um, who is brilliant and, and incredible and, and sort of brought me into that fold. She was like, you have a lot of the skills that could be really um, well suited to this thing called improv, which ultimately is sort of an adaptogenic tool um, that meets the moment where it needs to be met. Um, and I guess because I'm the youngest of five boys and I kind of wanted to be good at everything that my brothers were good at, I thin sliced expertise uh, and kind of got to like the heart of what, what was most important about that thing. And you'll probably on this, on this podcast i'm sure at some point something stupid will come up and and i'll i'll have some insight about it that's preposterous yep um thanks niece <laughs> um and and it's it's a there's a bit of an insatiability issue that i probably have which is i i just love learning um i i really love absorbing and, and experiencing uh, as well it's not just like oh i read that thing i know it it's it's doing the thing right to me it's almost always about doing um, whether it's living in other countries, speaking other languages, um, you know, all of that stuff is, is a bit about the experience for me. Um, and so when I had this experience with improv and I felt like, oh my gosh, it takes all of you. It's, it's about playing to the height of not only your intelligence, but the intelligence of every character that maybe you're going to play and all the audiences that you're going to be interacting with. Um, and so it really behooves you to be in and of the world and finding friends who, who bring that out in you as well. And that's what happened thereafter when I moved to New York, started a production company with Tommy called Backhouse, which, you know, he was commuting back and forth between Teaneck and New York. Uh, and we didn't know any better, which is why we tried to put on shows in New York City. <laughs> um, and then we got invited to sort of set up shop at the Drama Bookshop, thanks to Alan Hubby um, and, and so many other key people along the way as well. Um, and that was a bit of a, a hub. I know this happened with you as well, right? You find a place where you can kind of call your own and then you get to experiment in that lab. Um, the thing yeah. that's key to every story like that is someone has to have a space that you can use consistently. That's so right. for Naked Angels, our theater company, someone's uncle had this, you know, space on West 17th Street that that without that home and and the drama bookshop for you guys really yeah. created a, a clubhouse. Um, I want to I want to welcome Anissa into the conversation Please. because she is. Were you the first woman to join Freestyle Love Supreme as as an as a as a consistent ensemble member? Um, Kayla Milady, Ashley Perez Flanagan, and I kind of joined around the same time. So okay. It was, we brought the female energy tenfold. 
<laughs> to so kind of took over it. I've I've replaced in a Broadway show, which is very different than what you did, but I do know what it's like to come into a family that is deeply connected and has its own language. And even if your skill set is off the charts, it can take a minute to find like, who am I in this family? Absolutely. So who, who are you in this family? It was terrifying coming into this group of people that I, I used to go see the Freestyle of Supreme shows when I was like in high school and college. Um, and I remember just being like, wow. This is incredible. I love hip hop. I love music and singing. I, I I have done a little bit of improv, but never really did enough of it. And I've always wanted more of that. And I just thought that the, the collaborative process and the magic, I mean, theater magic is a thing, musical magic is a thing, but this is something different. It's so special. And I desperately wanted to be a part of something like this. And I still every day I'm like yo this is real life right because if I could go back in time and be like hey what's up young young niece this is what's gonna happen she would be like no stop that's not real but it is and uh somehow I have found myself in this family and to be on stage with these people that I've looked up to and have been so inspired by is crazy um and uh the first time we all played together was in that rehearsal room where we had a week of rehearsal for Broadway, which is not a thing. You don't have a week of rehearsal. You have a month. Also, what's going on? We're making everything up. Cool. I'm used to scripts. Cool. But it's all right. This family truly has your back. And um, it, just like Anthony said, it's about listening and giving. And that's what the whole process is about. But to also just see oh, these are friends that love doing this thing. So they got together and did this thing and then they ended up on Broadway by accident. Like, <laughs> but it, they're, they're, it's a family just having fun and that's what it is. And we always invite the audience to be a part of that. And I think that's what makes it so special and why people love our show and take away so much from what our show is. Um, but yeah, I, I started out with a music background. I've been a singer for a long time. My dad used to sing in like lounges and stuff. And I don't know, he had a microphone set up and I'd be like, I want to sing too, daddy, please. And he'd be like, yeah, okay. Uh, I did like a lot of choirs. Uh, I was in my church choir and then I was in the Young People's Chorus of New York City. I did uh, I, I did a musical theater program because I my mom put me in sports camp and I was like, I don't want to run around. And she said, okay, what do you want to do? So she put me in Wingspan Arts, which is a musical theater conservatory where kids from all around the city get together. And I was like, this is for white kids. I mean, musical theater, it, it came off as this thing that was for white kids and for white people. And I didn't see myself. So when I saw In the Heights, which is what led me to find out what Freestyle Supreme was, which is what led me to audition for musical theater school because I was not sure I was going to do it because I didn't see myself and I didn't know if that was something that I could do. But I was like, oh, we're rapping on stage now. This this tells me that it's going to become something different, that we're moving forward and it's it's changing and evolving. So I went to musical theater school because I wanted to do, I wanted to sing, but I didn't want to just study classical voice and I didn't want to just study jazz. I wanted to do it all and you can sing everything you want in musical theater and now you can rap and now you can make shows up on Broadway and people come and see it. 
Um, but yeah, I went to school and then I auditioned and I auditioned and Broadway was always a goal. Uh, you get caught in the, the cycle of rejection and, and being told no, and you don't really know why. Uh, you start to internalize that. And <laughs> I mean, I would go home to my mother and be like, I'm quitting multiple times <laughs> a month. And she'd be like, no, you're not, you're not. But you just keep at it. And uh, I ended up going to the Freestyle of Supreme Academy. And that is how this journey happened. It was just, I mean, I've always been interested in doing this. My name, Young Niece, came from high school when my friends and I would be in the, the cafeteria and I'd be like, come on, give me a beat on the table. And I would be like, it's Young Niece on the track and everybody would go crazy. I did get singing band from my senior year English class because <laughs> it was Sister Act 2 in there and I was Lauren Hill and everybody would join in. <laughs> she would get <laughs> so upset. And she put it on the board at one point. No singing. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, but it was just something that I've always wanted to do. And when I went into the academy, I, as someone who's still dealing with that social anxiety and imposter syndrome and is working through it as we speak, to be in a space where there were so many different people from so many different walks of life, that weren't necessarily trying to do this as a, like for a living. They, they, it's, that's not everybody's journey. There are people from uh, everywhere. We had people that were in their 60s. We have people that have only done rap. There are people that have only done improv. There are dentists. There are uh, uh, math teachers. There are lawyers. And we're all here in this safe space just being ourselves my role in the show, as you asked, is to be myself and to be from a musical theater background where you're always auditioning to be someone else and then internalizing that you might not be enough to find out through this journey that I am enough is crazy. And I'm still, Ooh, I'm still learning response. that. <laughs> I'm still learning that. Um, and I'm still every day reminding myself, hey, you manifested this for yourself you you wanted this and you're you belong I remember opening opening night when I was talking to Shockwave uh Chris Sullivan who was my facilitator at the academy and I just kept saying to him this is crazy I I, I what is happening and he just said stop it you belong you brought yourself you already have had everything we didn't have to do anything but you were in the right place at the right time and and we are so happy that you're here you belong I think that part of why there's no secret that the the combination of you and Tommy and Lynn and Chris, I'm speaking to Anthony also right now, the the, the original family, as it were, there's so much work that's come out of that, right? But I think I think the the thing that we know is you don't actually have to be kind and have empathy to be successful. I always thought you did. And then along the way I'd meet so many people and I'd be like, Oh, they're awful. They're awful people. How are they? They're so talented. <laughs> they're so awful. Yeah. But I think the reason that this work and Freestyle Love Supreme and all of the kind of art that has come out of that original group and now the art that is going to come out of the new female family members that you mentioned is that the amount of 
empathy and humility and kindness and the message at the center of it. I have to say, obviously, there's a wave of emotion listening to Anissa tell that story. Yeah. <clears throat> and Anissa is the reason why I, I created Freestyle Love Supreme. The, yeah. the reason why, you know, I do any theater is, is to broaden perspectives and to bring as many voices into a room as possible so that we can learn from each other and ultimately call each other friends. Um, and when I was doing improv in New York, it looked like me, you know, a lot of the rooms I was in looked a lot like me. And I said, I don't particularly want to go to any of these schools. I don't want to go to a school that says there's only a, a certain method you can use to, to, to make, to create comedy. Um, I think there's lots of ways to do that. Um, I'd rather go to a school that says there's lots of ways to do that. Let's find the one that's best for you. And then we'll go from there. Um, the academy as well is is steeped in that concept which is if we can bring in the the wealth of every individual which is who they are that's the wealth of of, of individuals it's it's their authenticity and if we can say that's what we're we're here to explore i think theater becomes incredibly powerful and interesting that way i think communities get served in a much better way about finding their voice and then asking, or not even asking, I should say, demanding what they need. Um, and it starts to, to realign and, and undo some of the colonialism that is still steeped in our learning systems, in our theater systems, in, in business structures. Um, and it has huge implications. Um, and I'm so incredibly lucky that Anissa walked in those doors, right? Well, we all are. I exactly. Mean, the world exactly. is a better place. So wait. Because of her authenticity yes. and her being able to, to just harness that um, and, and share it. And the, the thing that I've heard Anissa say in other interviews, which I think is always so shocking to non-performers, is she describes herself as having been and still considering herself a shy person versus you know an extrovert outgoing person and i think it's always so fascinating when you think of like well that's hilarious because your career is to be on stage and have thousands of people see you every night um and and sort of on on one level it makes sense because in plays and musicals and and scripted things you are given a character to hide behind yeah um and if you're lucky really good writing we're naked uh, out there Right. But you guys are literally, there is no script. Yeah. Um, and so that seems terrifying yeah. um, to most human beings. And maybe it's <laughs> terrifying to you guys as well, but you do it anyway. And I need to understand that. Like, like without a beta blocker, like how do you do it anyway? I feel like, um, you know, saying we said we had a week of rehearsal. I went into this show prepared to be a standby. I was like, cool, I'm about to be with the big dogs on Broadway, in the wings, watching, you know, maybe I go on a few times. That's not what happened. First preview, they were like, niece, you're up. Second preview, they're like, niece, you're up. And it just kept going. And yes, it is Why? Terrifying. Why did they say that? What changed? I don't know. Uh... Were they I don't kidding? Know. Were you, you never no. meant to be a standby and that's just I was, how they got you in? But I mean, so we did we did alternate, but it was very you have to do the thing in order to do the thing. So I, I was still in my learning process 
and trying to figure it out. And in order to do that, you just have to keep doing the shows. So ultimately, I was thankful for that, but I was stressed about it. Um, but to talk to someone like that I've looked up to a long time for a long time um, to I spoke to Lynn right and I met him the first day we were doing the show together, which is also crazy. I met multiple people the first day we were doing the show together. That doesn't happen. And I kind of was in the corner because I'm like, I'm not going to I'm not going to say hi first. Like, what do I I don't know. He came up to me. He was like, Anissa, it's so great to meet you. I've heard so much about you, blah, blah, blah. Ah, I'm so nervous. I said, what? You're nervous? Yeah. He said, every time I do this show, it's not Hamilton. It's not in the Heights. You can't you're it's not a script. You know, when you do a show, you you go on autopilot. I'm guilty of that, too, sometimes. But he said that his body every time says to him, what are you about to do? Because we are walking into the unknown and we don't know what's about to happen. And that's the magic of it. And as you said, you know, you, people would look at me and say, that's crazy that you feel shy or um, I would more con I would more ex explain myself as a, an, a very anxious person internally. Like I hide it well, but I am the person that goes home at night. It's like, I, I can't believe I said that to Bill. But the show is so you're forced to be present and in the moment. I think it's such a freeing thing. It's such a freeing experience because it you just have to do it. You don't have time to think about anything. You don't have time to think, oh, I feel really awkward today or I'm not feeling my best. Once you get out there and you're doing it, it is, you, ha you have to just be in the moment. You have to be in yourself and it is therapy in that way because I feel so free and in myself mm. yeah and now you get to get paid for that <laughs> hello how about I made that? it mama yeah. <laughs> i know it's no, crazy literally that's making it getting paid to Wild. do the thing you love yeah. that makes you feel free is yeah. the opposite of almost every other job yeah. on the planet so what an incredible so thankful thing. um anthony how does this show start every night before it gets into the audience participation part, like how yeah. do you start this thing? For I think for all of us, it starts downstairs. So we've cleared out sort of the, the like basement uh, in yeah. the back of the booth for this run, but it, it's wherever the we've theater. done it. The booth theater, yep, On exactly. On Broadway. Uh, I heard of it. Yeah. Um, why would you name it after an assassin? No, no, the assassin's Whoops. Part. Anyway, um, so, so. It's not John Wilkes. Stop it. It's Edmund. No. Okay, great. So, so we're at the booth. They've cleared out the basement. They've made like this little hangout area for us and we warm up there. So I think another part of that question that you asked before too, which is how do you still do it? Um, and, and why I think the Academy is so incredibly valuable in the world. This skill improvisation, the adaptogenic tool that we talked about before, it helps you to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Stop. Full stop. That, that is such a huge skill that all humans need. Um, because guess what? Every moment that you are alive, you are improvising. This yeah. is, you, you think maybe you know what's going to happen, but you're just fooling yourself. Look at COVID. Look at walking across the street. Ooh. Accidents happen, right? Uncertainty principle is something that is very unnerving for humans. And yet it is the truth of being alive. To be alive is to be in danger, is to be unsure, is to not know. 
And when we get downstairs together and say to each other, I'm here with you. I've got your back. I want you to be you. And I want you to know that no matter what that is tonight, I will 100% be there for you every step of the way. Are you being literal? Like, do you literally say that to each other? Are we you do. in a circle? And do you, and, and what that is, is that exactly actually? Right. And are so, you the leader of that moment? Or do different people start the conversation each night? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, how do you, how do you decentralize a power structure so yeah. that it turns into something that everyone feels ownership of? That's something that's always been important to me. Um, and what's really helpful is we have a great stage manager, um, at Cody, uh, you know, Ooh, Renard Richards, okay. um, who, who just brought so much to this, this process as well. So Cody would come down and sort of talk us through the order. And then we would get into sort of this, this circle. And it was a bit of a, okay, who wants to kind of step forward to, to, to put something out there as to what we do. Um, we have like a bunch of different warmups that we end up doing. Some of them are, let's close our eyes, let's get into a dark place and just make noises together so we start listening to each other because listening is really important. Let's warm up and ground and get into our bodies, so doing some shakeout work. And then let's start getting words involved and like do these things. Maybe the hardest thing that we do before we go up on stage is something called the non-rhyme game. And maybe Anissa and I can model it for you at some point. Yeah. Um, but it, Can you model it right now? Okay, fine, you're right, do the thing. <laughs> Uh, so you have to set up such an obvious rhyme that the other person knows what you they should say, but instead of saying that word, they have to come up with a synonymous word that still fits, but yet doesn't rhyme. So it's going a step past what we normally have to do up on stage. It's like being in the, the batting circle and having two heavy bats, right? You're only going to swing us one, but let's put two on. Um, so for example, uh, if I were to set up a rhyme for niece and then she were to subvert it and then send it back to me and then I subvert it, it might sound something like, um, okay, we talking right now, how long will it last? We doing this show, it's the best pod. Series. Then I go and drink some water. Anthony's family has to. Children who are female. So I call them daughters. That's all right. I'm just drinking. H2O. <laughs> it's, it's hard. So there you go. It's mind bendingly hard. Yeah. It's meant to, to, you're meant to not succeed at that. Yeah. Um, and uh, alas, and, you did, <laughs> you did kind of, right? Why you guys are really professional at this <laughs> and the rest of us are like, how do we live on the same planet and breathe the same air as you two? That's, what we're doing over here. So, and I want to, I want to talk to something you said earlier too, which is true about talent and gift, but for me, from where I, I stand process and committing hours. And I think we all know this is something that can always trump talent. Um, and I shouldn't say, trump, I should say it should always triumph talent. Um, because what it means is, is that you are willing to love that, which you do and not mm -hmm. just do that which you love. Mm -hmm. There's a difference. And, and, and sometimes we can get, I think, a little bit caught up in the, I was meant to do this thing. Um, and clearly, Anissa is meant to, to sort of sing and, and be, be in front of a stage. But we're also asking her to do something that, that is a little bit terrifying. And yeah. she has grown to love it. So she is loving what she does and also doing what she loves, which is 
Yes, a trifecta. <laughs> Or a, a difecta. Um, but but I think the, that sort of like how we start is to say implicitly to each other, both speaking it out loud. We do say the, the final thing before we walk on stage is we all tap each other on the back and say, I've got your back. Yep. First of all, how, how are you as a company thinking about your health going forward? What physical, mental, emotional, what is different about how you are moving into Freestyle Love Supreme 2.0 or whatever this version of this Broadway show is right now. How are you as a company talking to each other um, about what, what you wanna harness magically again and what you wanna be different? Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's weird. We're in weird times and we still are. Um, we're just really hoping that it happens and that we continue to move forward and not backwards because the news right now is still a little startling. So it's kind of being in the headspace of we're so lucky that we're going to do this thing again, but we also have to be cautious. I'm glad that there's the people that have to be vaccinated and now masked to see the show because we need those people. I, I love, I love that we're able to connect via zoom but i just don't want to do it anymore <laughs> i just don't want to do it anymore i want to be in a place with people and i think that our show and theater in general and, and arts in general that's what people turn to in darkness and that's what people were doing because what else are you gonna do so i think that we're super excited to be back out there and just bring joy back out into the world and have people experience this thing where they can be present and in the moment and laugh and love because you know that's what freestyle love supreme is that's what our show is based on uh but we're we're just trying to be cautious and uh and hope that this thing happens <laughs> trying to keep positive for sure yeah yeah um who is meant to be in the cast when you guys return yeah, good question. Um, we often won't know that. So the way that the show ran last time, which, again, is both unnerving and, um, and uncertain, as, as most things are, uh, like, sometimes we would find out the day before who was going to be in the show. Um, the core cast, I believe this runaround will be myself, Anissa, Shockwave, Arthur, Lewis on the keys, aka Arthur the Geniuses. Um, I believe Tarek Davis is going to be um, on mic two more often during this run. Um, and then it's sort of like a cavalcade of our normal amazingness, uh, sort of filling in and, and being guest roles with Chris Jackson, James Monroe Eigelhart, Lynn Manuel Miranda, Wayne Brady. Um, you know, uh, Kayla Milady is, is, is in the cast as well, uh, the core cast. Um, Gosh, Jelly Donut is also in the core cast. Andrew Bancroft. Um, who am I forgetting, Nice? Um, Alana. <laughs> oh, am I? Am I joining? Yes, you Obviously. are. Because the Obviously. thing I could do really well, and you you think it's hard, is not rhyme. <laughs> that exercise you did. That's I okay. could totally do that. That's I could totally not do the expected rhyme because I don't wouldn't know how to do that, which is why I need to go to the academy. That's the biggest lesson I learned. I was so seduced by the rhyme, and um, 
I was so focused on it that I was not telling the stories. Huh. Uh, and Tommy told me to stop rhyming. Focus on telling your story because that's what the audience wants to hear. So I took that note and I kind of slowed down and I started to sing more. Because when you sing, you could take as much time as you want. <laughs> Yeah, well, you have to breathe in order yeah. to sing. It's a good cheat, right? Right. <laughs> so that was a really surprising. Yeah. Huh. So that was a really surprising thing to 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 learn. And then you know, people kind of get nervous to do this thing, but especially in the academy, the academy, we tell the people that you do not have to rhyme. We don't need you to be perfect. We're here to make mistakes. Yeah. We're here to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, you guys. Um, this has been one of the most joyous hours to have time with two extraordinary artists to kind of see how the baton is being passed in all of these different ways to new generations and, and new voices, um, to see how an art form can sustain itself and, and grow and evolve at the same time. It's just such an incredible thing. And, and I just feel so grateful to both of you um, for the message you put out, your, your, your talent, of course. I would love if you could do a little cipher um, and end with you know a rap of some kind. Um, that's totally up to you. I don't want to put pressure on you guys. I just had this idea out of the blue that maybe we could end that way. Um, <laughs> Does that work for you? Well, Nice, do you want me to do you want me to play an instrumental? Oh yeah, that works. <laughs> Why don't we do that? Wait, wait, before though, how yeah. do people because the academy is not something everyone knows about? Oh right, yeah. We yeah, all yeah. know about the show, but like I it sounds like you can take classes. You sure can. Space, um, and maybe study with people like you. You sure um, can. So before we wrap out. What, like how do how do we join this uh, this world the cult how do i become a cult member you can visit our website at fls.academy where you too can be yourself because you god belong bless you. god bless you both all right take us out my friends all right let me um just share um, a sound yeah your sound uh just give me a check on level. Is that good, niece? Little louder, please. Hey. Oh, oh yeah. Better? Yeah, that's good. Okay, uh -huh. should we get a word? Let's get a word from Alana. Vegetable. Hmm. I'm up first. All right. Better eat them. Better get them in. Yeah, I'm in a minute like I was a carrot. All right, everybody, not so disparaging. Please wear your mask and get your vaccination. Sharing them out, yes, to the uh. world. That's right, we need you all to make sure that you take care of each other, not just yourself. That's why we need to get a shot up off the shelf. All right, thank you very much for not being such a cucumber. But chill for a minute, because I'm broccoli, hockily, talking at the top of me. All right, everybody going to drop on these. I drop of these lyrical sticks. Woo. All right, thank you. I'm in the mix and we need another word so young knees can go and flow. Bird. Yeah, tweet, tweet. 
I'm like a bird, making all the noise. Yeah, you heard. Maybe sing a half note, maybe sing a little. Yeah, I mix it up, then I do a diddle. Yeah, Anissa, I know how to act. With Alana, we doing little known facts. With Anthony, yeah, we're having some fun. And maybe I'm in the middle of Italy. Big pun, uh. But uh, what else do I say? A little singing like this bird does today. Yeah, freestyle love supreme with Alana Levine. Ooh, yeah. Um, you guys, I cannot thank you enough. Thank you from the bottom of thank my heart. Thank you. Oh, so, so much fun. fun. You're Thanks amazing. for having us. Thank you. Oh, you're amazing. Okay, bye. One more thing. So many of you have asked, how do you donate to the podcast? Well, it could not be easier. Just go to littleknownfactspodcast.com slash donations. Instructions are clearly laid out. And I'm so grateful to you in advance for any donation you choose to make. But regardless, I have loved, loved, loved making the previous 200 and something episodes for you. I can't wait to make 200 more. I wish you a beautiful day. Stay healthy. Be safe. Until next time. Clouds can make the wind blow. Bugs can make the grass grow. So, there you go. These are little known facts that now you know. The episode was edited by Nicholas Klar. We recorded in New York City. And the Little Known Facts theme song was written and recorded by Georgia Famusa with backups by Caleb Famusa. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.